Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. It's the fighting. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock! A camel shut up! Hello, welcome to a very special podcast, the All or Nothing Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur podcast, joined by Alex from Bristol, and I'm joined by Ricky. How are you doing, boys? 
Sweet. Yeah. Um, are you excited? Like we, we, our entire club's been exposed to the world. Are you, are you excited about this? It's um, it was weird. Like last night, I was. Uh, I thought, well, I'm up now, so I might as well just stay up and wait for it to come on. Uh, and then it came out early. It was it was like ready to go at half eleven. Um, and so, and I think I said to Wendy this morning, when uh, Wendy mentioned it as well, that it was almost like a bit of butterflies. It was I was quite nervous um, because this is this is a club that you just ploughed so much of your life into. I mean, look at Flav. It's like his whole life. And then other people talking about it, and it makes me like defensive and protective of them, and nervous to make sure we're not going to look like twats. Rick, uh, uh, Rick, I'm not sure if you just heard what Alex said, but he was saying, "Oh, we all." I was just up, and I, you know, I was, I was kind, of, I was like, "I'm awake," and I didn't have anything to watch. And oh, suddenly, all or nothing appeared on my Amazon. I thought <laughs> I might, I might as well watch it. Do you remember his WhatsApp message? Is anyone staying up with me? <laughs> Like, well, hey, he, didn't, he, didn't he mention should we have a watch party on Facebook yeah, or something? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, Disgusting. Well, that's, lies. Just trying to bring the group together over something that isn't us mercifully taking a piss out of each other. <laughs> so the, question, the point was, I was like, well, it's, it, you know, when it was like eight, nine o'clock, I was like, oh, I'm not tired. It's going to be half at 12. I'll stay up. So, Who's tired at eight o'clock in the evening? Case. <laughs> So Casey's that is what it was. Is. But no, it was like I said, it was it was weird. It was it was quite surreal. It, it was it was indeed. Rick, let's let's just um you've watched the whole thing. Yes. I've watched it twice. Alex has watched it twice. Uh let's just talk about the fact that me and you got to watch it before Alex did and the other boys in the fighting cock. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that I, I even asked in the group of so have you guys seen it? Then? Nothing. Blank. Right. <laughs> today, you little fucking scout. Sick of it. Listen, Alex. I look, I got. I just. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Billy Big Big Bollocks, right? I don't lord it over everybody. All I'm saying is I got early access to it, and Kate. The, what's interesting about this is Case went. How the fuck has Flav seen this <laughs> at the same time as Guardian journalists <laughs> and the Times journalists? And all I would say to Case and the rest of you is, watch your backs. I'm a big fucking deal. <laughs> it's not the fact that you got to watch it. It's the fact that you didn't even tell us. You're not worthy of this knowledge. I, well, I remember this. I, I'm going to remember next time that you... Well, there's plenty of stuff that you haven't known about. about so you didn't even know, you, Saturday, you sent a message about 20 minutes into the game saying, I'm so confused. Are we playing? <laughs> I didn't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. It's all about garbage, Alex. I couldn't believe that um, we played two games in forty-eight hours in the preseason friendly. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, you made that perfectly clear. <laughs> anyway, um, let's. We, we've asked uh, on Twitter lots and lots of questions. Um, we've received about this. This. Uh, it feels a bit momentous. Like a big deal. It's a big. Big show. It's been made about the All Backs in uh, New Zealand. It's been made about several NFL teams. And of course, we know that it's been made about the Man City title winning season. But the difference between all of those is they kind of tell the story of sides that were on the charge to glory and then inevitably get it. But with Spurs, it was never going to be that way. I mean, like, they, they apparently, we did we did a podcast with the producers of, of uh, All or Nothing. It was really privilege to be able to speak to them and it's really interesting um 
but they they joined the party in July last year, and it was about then where it all went pretty much tits up, which is pretty much in keeping with our football club. When you first heard that this show was going to be made about Spurs, Rick, what what, what did you think? Um, well, t- to be honest, I, ha- I hadn't seen all the other All or Nothings and I hadn't seen, I haven't seen the Sunderland documentary. I, ha- I haven't seen all, all these types, uh, types of documentaries where, where they follow teams. And for me... Whenever something like this happens, whether it's the club, whether it's yeah. fans on social media or anything like that, um, the first thing that comes into my mind is just, just don't don't fucking embarrass us. Please don't embarrass us. Please don't give rival fans even more shit to throw at us. Um, and again, at that point of when I knew they were filming and how the season progressed, where it went from... Uh, yeah, I was nervous, man. I was nervous. But, um, like, I was nervous. But then also, there's one side of me that thinks that if uh, Tottenham do get a look in at this, the, the, we're obviously not going to publish stuff that makes us look incredibly foolish. But then again, we have done stuff previously where we where people in the club do think that this is the best thing to put out. Uh, in this tone or this manner, and we have come off foolish. So it was it's a double-edged sword, really. Um, so I was apprehensive, but I'm, I was, you know, I'm, I'm mega excited to see not only what it's like behind behind the scenes of a Premier League club, but it's our club, and like all these kind of um, thoughts that you had or how you perceive certain people or, or certain processes or how things work behind the scenes. We're going to get to see it. Yeah. What about you, Al? How did you feel about it? Uh, similar, but I also looked at it as uh, it struck me more of a business decision, just like an investment that the club would make in something new for the training centre or or something new for the infrastructure of the club. I think they would have looked at it and said, well, what are the upsides of this? You know, is it a question of attracting more fans, you know, increasing an American fan base? Is it a question of you know, if depending on how much control of the edit or how much, con- you know, where they were allowed to go or whatever it might be, you know, we're, what can we get out of it? And I think they wouldn't have met. And I remember thinking at the time, well, they wouldn't have made this decision unless, you know, there was there was a potentially a, a quite a big upside for the club. And then the upside for us as fans is that you do get to see those those bits that you don't think of. And you know, I tweeted last night after watching after watching it, saying, you know, I think some of the things that we tend to forget are just how human these guys are, whether it's the players, Levy, Mourinho, you know, whatever, um, of what their backgrounds are, how they react to certain things, what their personality traits are like. And, and it almost makes a mockery of most opinions you can have about football or about players and what, what they should be doing and what other people should, should be doing within the club. Because we know, like, nothing. Like, less than 20% probably what's going on. One bit that was confirmed for me, was when uh, Winks was like, oh, do you think he'll get on us straight away? Or do you think it'll be tactical? Mate. I thought that as well. Mate, what you're a professional footballer for one of the best clubs in Europe. Do you think he'll get back? Do you think he'll get on to us? Oh, mate. Yeah. Yes, he's going to get on to you. He's Jose Mourinho. He's won 25 trophies. You, you've made 112 appearances for Tottenham. Of course he's going <laughs> to get on to you, Harry. Oh, but again, like I said, that's, <laughs> might just, that's just his kind of personality, do you think he's obviously. Get on to us? 
Yeah, he's just uh, someone that likes to question things and probably finds solace in advice from older players. You know, what You're do you think? Terrified, mate. What when you say, older look. players? He's surrounded by Walker Peters, Deli Ali, and s- someone yeah. else. Danny Rose, all right. So do, Danny Rose do, looks at him as like, I don't care. Do you not, do you not think that um, Mourinho and Poch managing styles or coaching styles would have been similar? He would have been asking the same, like Poch would have been, you know, his double infamous double training sessions and pushing people really hard. It's, it's going to be exactly the same with Mourinho. So I know there is the, the air of kind of Roman emperor to Jose Mourinho, yeah. but... Um, it would be fairly fairly similar, I would have thought. I think it's the questions you ask any job. You know, if you've got a new boss coming in, then you you talk with colleagues about what you think is going to be different. You know, especially for someone like Harry Wiggs, who's like known no different in terms of senior first team football. Yeah, you know, I think it's probably quite natural. But you think, you know, you have those conversations. Think, you know, what what will it be like? What do you think? You know, mate, bad, he's got to be saying whatever happens, I'm prepared for it and I will excel. They're having fucking breakfast, Flav. He's not an interview. Will he, will, he be mean, will he be mean to us on the transfer uh, training pitch? Will he be mean to us? <sighs> Alex, I'm talking your language, mate. What are you doing? I know. I just. I, I, this is what my point is, though. Like, you're getting to see people's personality. That's you know. That's how you would expect, or what you'd like to think someone would react. But everyone deals with stuff in different ways. That's why the best managers are man managers, and Alex, know how to deal you know- with personalities. Do you know the minute that I realised that Carl Walker-Peters, the, the minute that everyone realised that Carl Walker-Peters was never going to make it at Tottenham, where Deli Ali crashed into his car and then bullied him. <laughs> oh, I, d- I don't want to talk about it. Are you had your fo- like, you, like that. He, 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 he's, his personality wasn't correct, and I saw it within 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 that little segment. You're like Carl Walker-Peters is an understudy to everybody at that football club. Well, yeah, maybe. Like, and, and Mourinho does say, doesn't he, in there with it, that you know, look, it's it's a players have to be with me a hundred percent. And I and I dare say you probably have to have a certain personality to be with someone like like Mourinho a hundred percent. Got to be a cunt. Uh, well, yes, whatever. But uh, you know, yeah, I think there are, the whole nice boys type image thing was is very evident. It's something that we've pro- we've talked about before, and that we've all kind of alluded to the fact that we're probably a bit nice. You know, but uh, but it was very evident, and I and I remember thinking at the time when they were talking, showing the Chelsea game and showing about the, the Battle of the Bridge, I was like, I think Mourinho would have loved that performance. You know, really, yeah. when they come. Yeah. But that that's exactly what we, and I have moved on that. You know, I, there was a point I didn't. When you look at the Pochettino stuff, that I'm more convinced than ever now that I don't think anyone could have come in at that position after the Champions League final. And and I don't I think anyone who would have been there it would have been a pretty similar story. I, I I don't think he could have turned it around now. But I also think I don't think anyone could have if they were already there by after that Champions League final defeat. Um, so my views my views changed um, a little bit on on Mourinho so so far. It went back and forth a few times. I must admit. But, okay. uh, the, the the bit that made me laugh as well with Carl Walker Peters, where uh, Mourinho asked him what he likes to be called. <laughs> And because he said like Walkers or something like that, and he was like, he was like, oh, it's Walker Peters, and he's like, what? Both names? And he was like, <laughs> like really? That, that's when that's when Mourinho was like, I'm not calling you both names. I'd rather just get you out of the out of the squad, mate. Well, the thing is, the thing is, is your name isn't important, Carl Walker Peters. <laughs> your name's not important. You say to him, boss, 
call me what we want. I'll do whatever I can to get in that first team. You can call me cunt. <laughs> right? Why are you but what, he said, the, but what, what he said was, no, call me Carl Walker-Peters, please. Like, he's talking to the, what, the greatest manager to ever live. <laughs> or certainly in the last 30 years. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just like, What is up with you today? I don't I, know. I'll, I'll never forget one of, one of my mates. Um, his name is Rich. And uh, when he's working on a builder site and his first day there, uh, the, the, the kind of uh, site supervisor said, what's your name? And he was like, Rich. And he goes, all right, Reg, can you come over here, please? For 15 years, we all call him Reg still. <laughs> I've got another story about that. So Ryan, my brother, Ryan, uh, every, there's a new boss, a new gaffer on, on uh, the place where he works, like a site. And he, he, they, he went through, what's your name? Oh, my, name my name's Stephen Braithwright. Uh, what's the next name? Oh, my, my name's Gareth Davies, whatever it is, right? And he came up to my brother and my brother went, uh, what's your name? My brother went, Ryan. And he looked at my brother Ryan. He went, "What do you think? You're some sort of South American footballer? <laughs> Have you only got one name, you silly <laughs> Um Do you know who else we need to get out of the club? <sighs> that twat. That twat. Who, after beating Spartak Moscow, wherever we played at home, wherever it was, come and went. That's the mentality. That's the mentality. <laughs> get him out. Get him out of my football club. I don't know what he does. Why? I don't know who he is. I don't know what he does. Yeah, what the fitness guy concentrate on their fitness and their performance. Don't try and big them up. They don't know is, who you are. You've been there two weeks. But this is what you're about to say about how brilliant is Mourinho trying to change the attitude and stuff. It's got to come from the whole coaching staff, hasn't it? Yeah, but he's walking around like he's like he's like four, trying to worm his way in. Yeah, worm his way into their hearts. They hate him. <laughs> they don't respect him. Get <laughs> him out of my club. Stuff. I thought we were gonna have a proper conversation about this. This is just you slagging off people whose voices you don't like. <laughs> I think it's more fun that way as well. That's the mentality. That's the mentality. Get to fuck, mate. Um, no, no, seriously, though. No, let's let's start an, an actual <laughs> sensible conversation. Um, so, the, the, a lot of the criticism that I've seen online on Twitter is about our handling of the Pochettino dismissal, or no, not our handling the the show's handling of. Pochettino's dismissal. I think a lot of Spurs fans were expected a long uh, prologue to to Mourinho's tenure of of, mm. of showing the, the the last days of of Pochettino. And what we actually saw was about fifteen minutes. Um, you know, the, the all all the horrors of the first part of this season summed up in about fifteen minutes, and they managed to make it look like Pochettino wasn't going to last without even mentioning yeah. the Brighton game, which was. Alarming! It just shows you how bad it was. Um, what, what did you make out of the the handling of the the Pochettino's demise in the show? I was disappointed. I must admit, I, it, it, there was one for two reasons. One was was for the reason you said. It did make it look um, like as if he uh, like as if he'd given up completely. And I remember I made some notes as I was go as I was going on. It, it that he looked weary. Uh, and and that, like I said, I'm, I'm sure that was probably the case. But yeah, I was expecting a little bit more insight, like from him. I mean, who knows? Though I'm sure they did do a lot of more filming and stuff. But he might have left and then said, "Look, you know, I don't want this being shown. It might affect him getting a job and a, you know, other people's view of him when he's looking for jobs in the future." I, I don't know. But that, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that there wasn't a little bit more on the inside of, of what was going on with Pochettino. I mean, the players all talked very glowingly of him, as you'd expect. But also, I was a bit disappointed that we didn't get to see him in the dressing room. Because that's one of the main things that this whole kind of Jose and Poch type stuff has been. is about the differences between them 
and you know why those players were suddenly not not reacting to whatever it was that Pochettino was doing. It would have been nice to be able to compare and contrast them in the dressing room. But I was, I was a little disappointed, but I understand it. They're getting to the meat of the story, uh, and that is Mourinho. It has been, so far, the Mourinho show. For those well, it will, it will be. I mean, there's, there's yeah. no denying that. And I know, I, I'm even more convinced now that part of the reason why Mourinho was going to join us was because of his documentary. <laughs> well, I don't believe Rick, that, but yeah. <laughs> Rick, what... Um, what did you think of the way they handled his dismissal? Because we we spoke to the producers, uh, released a podcast about four days ago about um, that. We, we spoke to him in that podcast about about the, his dismissal. And Amazon producers said, we didn't have cameras. We didn't capture it. We didn't have it. So we had to find a creative way of showing it. There are a lot of Spurs fans, a lot of other people on Twitter saying... Uh, they, they disrespected it by not showing that and they did have it. I mean, I, I love it how fans, that, that you've got two people who are actually actively involved in the production saying, we don't have this footage. And then you've got a fan who's watched the documentary once saying they did have the footage, they should have showed it. What what, what did you make of how they handled that? Should they have stayed, should, should an entire episode been dedicated to Poch or, or, or what, what did you make of it all? Um, I kind of... I don't. For me, right, uh, Poch and a lot of Spurs fans, he, he was everything, um, everything that we've ever wanted, and his demise was was painful to him as it is to to us and the whole effect on the team. Now, like I know he got sacked, I know he needed to go. Uh, there were and there were other glimpses, but I don't. For me, I don't really need to see that play out on camera. I don't. I mean, I get that. Other people do, and it is a type of reality TV. But I, it would just be, it would be, it would be. It's like watching a car crash on telly, and it's something that I, that I hold very dear to me. Obviously, Tottenham and Poch and those times. So I'm quite glad that um, I didn't have to go through all of that and see him. Like, imagine, like, imagine they do have footage of him breaking down and crying and. Or, or, or anything Show like it. that. It's just like I, like I know what happens, man. I don't need to see the finer details. I don't need to watch like the slow demise of Potch, where he's so frazzled that he's like doing odd things, like putting a, a kettle in a fridge because he, <laughs> he was supposed to put the butter in there. But it's like this dementia-type Potch is fucked. Yeah, my nan did that see, yeah, when she was 80, 88. It's like, what are you putting in the fridge for, then, you know, mad cat? <laughs> would you have liked to have seen... One One thing I did think, I, I agree with you, Rick, but also I, I I would have liked to have heard a little bit more from, from Daniel Levy about what the feelings were. It was very much like, look, results kind of weren't going the way and it was a hard decision. I would I was expecting a little bit more candor in terms of, you know, this is what Richard felt that he needed or wanted or, you know, had not gone well and... You know, those types of bits would have would have been nice to see. I was I was hoping that we would find out a little bit more about what had gone on. But I, I, for the whole, I thought it I thought it was handled okay, to be honest. I think Fair as enough. well with Levy. I, I I think that he he obviously can't talk on behalf of Poch. And for the time that they that they'd been together, and as he says in the doc about the friendship uh, inside and outside of work, that you he can't go uh, ten toes on him and and I think he has that respect for him and he deserves that respect so he he can kind of gloss over it as much as he can um 
but I don't think you're ever going to see the, and the, the, his real emotions and the possibility, like, if he starts uh, really going into him and saying this is his fault and he was this or blah, 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 then you never know what's what's in the future and that could jeopardise Poch coming back again. Like, no, I just felt... I just felt there'd be something in between, maybe. Like, you know, we had different, different views on... on x or or y you know not going into any detail i, I don't know like i said I was, i'm not saying it was i'd have been the right thing to do i was just saying that that was i would have was, i would have liked to have seen that there was this moment al where um they interviewed pochettino the one of the few interviews we got in the first episode where he was talking to jesus his best mate and um he was talking about the analogy of the house falling down and seeing uh or being able to anticipate that and the interviewer says, are you, are you saying that you saw this happen? And what I was expecting Pochettino to say is, yes, I saw this happening, mm. which is what he's been on record of saying before. But what he did say was, no, 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 I'm talking general. This is not about Tottenham Hotspur. And in that instance, I was like, what? Like, why have you said that? Like, if, if it's true, if you believe it. And then he did a, a like, slight smirk afterwards to say, yeah, I am thinking that, but I'm not going to give you it. I, it left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth that moment about him. Uh, and, and again, I've always caveat this. I love him. But that, that, that interview where he gave in that instance where he just said, we're not talking about Tottenham. You were. You are talking about Tottenham. He's got, a, he's got a toe in the, the company line though, isn't he? He was always yeah. like but that. He's not. He's looking at a Champions League football, twisting it on his hand, smirking after he's made a point without actually making a point. Well, I didn't see any smirk. Well, you wash it back, mate. The smoke's there. Well, he's made his point. It landed because it's got you, uh, yeah, f- frothing at the at the gas. <laughs> Fro- frothing at the gas. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's move on. I I think we all agree that it could have that Pochettino probably deserved more. But this is a, a documentary not for Spurs fans. It's not for Tottenham Hotspur. It isn't for Ed. It's for a general audience. And yeah. Because Spurs fans love. Pochettino doesn't mean that the wider audience really give a shit about his plight. And I think we, we really need to keep that close to our hearts when thinking about how they've made this documentary, that this isn't for us. It's not a present to Spurs fans. It's, it's, a, it's a documentary that we've allowed in, we've been paid good money for, uh, to, 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 to have an open book on our football club over nine hours of, of a documentary series. So, you know, we're not, uh, you know... The, you can be frustrated as a Spurs fan, but the reality is they're going to show what they need to show in order to make it compelling to everybody, not just us. Um, but I, I want to know, Rick, what, what, what do you make? What's your feeling about Mourinho now, having seen the first three episodes? And has it changed from what it was before you'd seen them? Uh, no, I mean, I, I was always a fan of Mourinho personally um, for what he's achieved and just the the dick things that that he's done, um, like you know, respect, 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 and and his kind of like shushing to away fans and all that kind of stuff that he does to wind up and antagonise. Um, I, I, I love that shit. That's what that's what I live for in football. Um, and so when he came to Tottenham. Um, there was, you know, I, I was apprehensive at uh, the two different styles of football that Poch and Mourinho play. Um, but I was still kind of excited that 
he had had this break. Uh, he was refreshed, and he'd said he'd been do- doing some training and coaching and this and that and the other. So I, I wasn't that um, wasn't that hung up on on the the kind of playing style. But I, you you know what you're getting with Mourinho. It's always the Mourinho show, and he's he's the art of psychological warfare. Um, he is the king at it, and it's those type of people that that get you over the line and win championships and get, you know, that siege mentality within squads and, um, and brings out the leaders and teams and stuff. So beforehand, I was already excited, but I mean, seeing this um, and the way that he talks to individual players, um, the way that he talks to the team, the way how open he is. And, and at times as well, like there was, there was a time where there's a couple of times where, you know, or got dug out um, for um, his defending and stuff like that, but I remember seeing in one of the um, the team meetings. I think it was after the United game, the debrief, and they're walking out, and he was like patting um, Oreo on the back, and um, it, I don't know. He, I st- you do see these sound bites on Sky Sports News or whatever of him being arty and stuff, but I I kind of you don't win championships just by being this dictator and this absolute knob all the time you have to be able to rally the troops and get them to believe in what you're what you're doing and you can see that in the documentary what what you uh al because you you uh, like in, in whatsapp and on the podcast you 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 wasn't like won over by Mourinho when he signed would you you, <laughs> you you were conscious of the uh, of some of the frailties that you've shown at man united and and you just but you weren't convinced, was you? Like that's a fair, it's a fair thing to say. My my it. absolutely. I, I mean, I've not. Uh, everyone who's ever probably listened to me or in there or on Twitter knows that I've not. It, it's not on the face of it was not someone that I wanted, but I'm willing to accept af- after seeing some of the interaction. Again, like I said, it makes a mockery of the opinions that you have because yeah. you don't see anything, and and from the bits that you've that I've seen. If, if I was a, a footballer and how I ever had managers talk to me, everything he has done, his attitude, the way he talks, that, that is a bit of me. You'd react to him well. Up, that, it, he would be my perfect gaffer. There is no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, you have... Uh, it, it's, it's difficult to accept. And, you know, it's one of the hardest things in the world is changing your mind about something that you were pretty sure you were right about. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the thing is that you're right out though in terms of like all of us make decisions are based on the 90 minutes that you spend watching them play football it, if you're lucky if you're in Europe you'll get to see them twice a week all right and all of us make decisions we make our podcasts we make our YouTube videos mm-hmm. we do uh, the journalists write their articles right based on the fact that they can watch these players not see their personality, just see the performance on the pitch and see, and, and less so for the manager. You don't even see the manager's personality until he's doing his press conferences. So it's really hard to, to make an accurate decision. And anyone who thinks they can genuinely believes they understand who Jose Mourinho was, who Pochettino was, or who any of our players were or are, just by watching them play football is an idiot. And well, we're this all... Is... Go Sorry, no, no, go, go. Well, but this, is, this has been my point all along, and I've probably been guilty of it in, in reverse as well. But this was my point about Pochettino as well. You know, people saying, you know, about him losing it and making all sorts of guesses about his mental state and all that. You know, and that's the stuff that was annoying me at the time because, it again, it was just the same thing. 
arguably then I did the same thing about my kind of preconceptions about about Mourinho. I can see I can see why the club would want to go for someone like Mourinho. To forget the trophies and stuff, but that type of, of figure. Because I think we need to know, and probably the club need to know, can this squad of players, can they be turned into, can they that attitude be turned? You know, can that be, um, can we be turned into that, that team of, of, of cunts, as, as he says? You know, and, and if you're going with a manager of a similar way, then will you ever find that out? If it's not worked under Pochettino, with someone who is relatively similar, like a the Ralph guy at Southampton or whoever, you know, someone who they would think is relatively similar would be, you, you're not going to get the answers to those questions. So why not do this now? So I, I, I appreciate that fact more. And I think that, like, I can see why Mourinho would, would be divisive. Like the, Rick mentioned about the whole digging out surge for that. And again, that boils down to individual players. Some players will react to that as like, well, fuck you, I'll show you. And that's the reaction you want. Or it makes players go into the shell. And, you know, that's, that's probably why he's divisive. But another part that I quite like was him saying, look, if, if you think I don't like you as a player or you're worried about, oh, he's left me on the bench or he's left me at home, you won't feel it if I want you to leave. You'll know from me. You know, and that's, yeah. again, that's, that's my cup of tea. So it's annoying, really, because I was quite looking forward to having my agenda, you know, proven right for me. But if I was in that squad, I, I, I'd fucking love him. Which, yeah, you'd want to respond to him. Yeah, but then I could, but you can see why, you know, if you're some, any players that he's had disagreements with in the past, you know, De Bruyne's and Salah's and Pogba's and people like that, you can see why he probably, it probably comes back and hits him sometime because it might happen to the, to players that actually then can go on and progress under other managers. So Yeah, you definitely saw that. You've definitely seen that on, on a number of occasions and that is a big worry. But ultimately, if you think, like people say, oh, he's let Salah, he's let um, De Bruyne and he's let... Pogba underperform underneath him, right? And he's let the other two go. But he's won 25 trophies. And also, would those players have been the players they are under him? Some players right. need different yeah, different ways of, of getting that, that talent out of you. And it's the same Absolutely. with team talks. Like, the one before West Ham, I made a note on, on here, but just before the West Ham game, he kind of finishes it by almost mumbling, like, do you think I would have come here if you, if you weren't actually this fucking good? Right, see you later. And it was yeah. it was hardly the most rousing motivational. You know, I've been watching the City one all it's weekend. It's a seed, isn't it? It's a seed that he's put. Yeah, but I've been watching the City one like all weekend in preparation for it. And and there is some marked differences. And you can see most of the points he's making about like team of nice boys and stuff. Like I was struck by how quiet the dressing room is. Like that really yeah. struck me. What do you uh, mean? There wasn't enough um, like vocal voices. Generally, very quiet. Not un. un-, un- in any sense that like they're not and they're 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 quiet in victory and quiet in defeat kind of thing. I'm sure we haven't really seen I mean, after the Burnley game there was there was a bit in there in the Wolves one you know when they're shouting chanting Jan Vertonghen's name and when they've been chanting Musa Zoko you know that's that's you expect that after a win it was more so before the game but that might have been because I think Pep in the, his one was like look I like a noisy dressing room and every time you saw inside the dressing room it was noisy it was bustling you know it was busy and I was struck by how quiet ours are and that is usually a sign of. Like passive personalities on the whole, you know. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. I, I think. Um, sorry, I just yeah, just to uh, kind of come in on Al's point there as well. With um, I remember like when Kane's trying to get the team going, or he's leading the kind of talks and stuff, uh, and uh, like Harry Kane is what you see of him is uh, perfection. He's a model uh, footballer. Um, 
and hearing him swearing uh, when getting the team going, it, it just felt... Don't so, let it slip! So, Don't let it slip! There's three points here, bro! There's three points for Chelsea! Let's go! <laughs> That's all you want from a player, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but it just felt so alien. And it was like, you know, when, um, when you're younger... And uh, you you kind of start picking up and swear words, and it's like every second word, it was like, let's fucking play fucking football, fucking score fucking goals, fucking fuck, fuck. Yeah. But to be uh, fair, I mean that's that's a dressing room. That's a that's a sports. You know that that is a that's what dressing rooms are like. You know. It's yeah, just... I, do, I don't I, I don't disagree. But when you see um, how nice Harry is, and he's he's. You know, just seeing behind the curtain of of yeah. him being wonder, into that leadership and him uh, swearing I, and getting the team riled up, I was just like, rah! It's like this. Right, I want. I am cutting you here, Rick, because I want to talk about Harry Kane and 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 his bits in in the documentary because he right. is interesting. But before we do that, there is a certain probably the best clip. It's probably the best clip that we're going to see in the entire series, where uh, Jose Mourinho is first down a job. Um, he's listening to. Uh, a Sky Sports segment or, or a Talk Sports segment or whatever he's listening to. And there's two fans, one saying, oh, I can't believe he's saying Pochettino. He doesn't react to that. And then he reacts to, but I don't think Jose Mourinho is the man. You see him look up at the screen like, who is Dave or, or who is Flav from the Fighting Cup? <laughs> who is Dave from Dagenham? Who is Alex from, I don't know where you live anymore, Al. It, wait, wait, like, no. it's like, he's looking at him uh, uh, like, you, you couldn't write the words I'm writing on my sketchbook right now if you tried. Anyway, so he just like says he's won Champions League, he's won Europa League, and he's just he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. And then at the end, he just says, oh fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah. so on Twitter, I on Twitter, that, yeah, of course it's a bit. It was amazing. It was amazing. But the, on 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 Twitter, there there are there are journalists, one from the Guardian saying that was staged. There was no way that was staged. He's, his reactions were way too... He, he would be one of the best actors on earth if that was completely staged. What I, do you think? I don't know. I've, I've seen bits saying about... You know, when it, 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 it might be a bit of clever editing, is what I'd say. I don't think it was acting or you know something like, oh, let's do this. I think it might have been edited clever. Like the TV was off, the remote's next to him, and he gets no. up. I, I don't know, but I, I think I'm just saying it, it possibly could have been a bit of clever editing. But who possibly. cares? I don't. I mean, I don't why, why, yeah, but why be that? Why be that cynical about it? Well, well, just people just like to do that stuff. I mean, I don't like I, I said to T this morning. I mean, I don't care whether it was or not. It was funny, it made me laugh. So uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's but these people they, they they walk around, they walk around going, uh, "Don't worry, I see what you've done there." Not knowing full well you whether you. Why do you care I, what they think? Because there are knobs in this world, Alex, and they need to be exposed. That's why. My, my... Why do you care that people voted Trump or people stone women in, in Saudi Arabia? Because it's I wrong. Don't. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> He's got you there. Fucking... Yeah, yes, yeah. Fair uh, enough. What, what the, uh, the, the bit as well, like uh, where he's, he's talking to the team and he's saying for like 90 minutes... Uh, you you need to be a bunch of cunts. Yes, uh, intelligent cunts, not stupid. Cunts. I mean that bit and seeing everyone's faces. I was like, I was like doubled over. I, like, I knew it was coming because I think there'd been uh, a little leak, a little leak somewhere. But when I saw that, 
Um, I was I was well hyped for this documentary. I've got to admit, because yeah. it's you see the irony of Son being a stupid cunt when he got sent off against uh, Chelsea. <laughs> that was, it's um, not you being an intelligent cunt, Son. Yeah. It's you being a stupid cunt. But it's weird for me, right? Because, like I said, I just I, I I I don't like his brand of football, but I love it. I love it. I, his approach to the game, his his attitude towards the game about how it should be played and, and what's important and what's not. Like I said, I, I think he would have loved that Battle of the Bridge game because it would have everything that most of us always say about that game is about is about just not you know not just accepting not just rolling over and not just being nice and his attitude to it uh, and, that, Al, and do you remember, more... the game the game against wolves you're going to love this because that's exactly what what they how, how they edited it was exactly the, the same thing with the uh, with the um the wolves game because they were they 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 highlighted three challenges on yeah, Traore. Awful times, yeah. Terrible, ch- but they they were comparable to to Chelsea game if you remember. But we ended up winning. So that that is being intelligent, cunts. That's exactly what you're like feeding into what you've just said. No, I disagree. I I, I thought you were going to say they've edited that cleverly to make it look like that that's what happened. I don't remember feeling that in that game. I I don't remember feeling that game. I remember being like, fuck, you know, this is shit. What chop, chopping down their most dangerous player and three yeah, players getting just, yellow cards? It's like three random just just tackles that happen when you're playing against someone who's that quick on the same player. Yeah, it's just, but that wasn't that didn't strike me as a as a like an attitude thing because otherwise it would have been happening in other parts of the pitch, not just on one player. So it didn't happen at Sheffield United when we drew one. Oh well, yeah, exactly. But I just mean um, <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying. Drew that, that game. Drew that game. You're not agreeing with me. You're not agreeing with me at all. Uh, you're being a fucking cunt today. I'm sick. You're being a stupid cunt. That's what you're being. Alex, <laughs> what did you what did you what did you make of uh, Kane's um, appearances? Like his interview with Jose, or not his interview, his discussion with Jose yeah, about I... Jose. What, uh, but but also like his team talks and the bit specifically where he was in. But they had a team meeting after Man City mm. and um yeah. and Jose Mourinho started talking. He's just like, oh, I just want to say something. And um and then he said, Look, this has been happening all season. We're not playing for each other or you know, yeah. it was the 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 chat that he had with him alone and, and that moment, um like I said, I noted down here, it's something that is massively positive about Mourinho coming in is is they are, they very clearly have the same philosophy and end game as to where they want to get to whether that's with Tottenham or whoever else you know in terms of football as a whole you know he, he during that chat with Rudy saying about oh yeah you know, we've done well but I want to be next level and he almost stopped himself it felt like he stopped himself saying about like club situation and then kind of reverted to players in terms of Ronaldo and Messi but they've obviously very they've got the same attitude and the same outlook as to where the end goal is and that can only be a good thing for, for Tottenham Hotspur. So, yeah. so that's good. I thought the, the chat feel like when he came also, you know, Mourinho's halfway through talking and he then pipes up and then says, oh, sorry. And Mourinho goes, no, 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 go on, carry on. Yeah, I like that. That's good as well, you know, as it should be because he's, well, he's not Hugo's the captain, but, you know, he's a, he's a leader. He's a, cap- he's a leader, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's, and that's stuff that needs to be said. And, and that's the stuff in there. And sometimes you get that within a, within a squad where, and the same as if you have at work, you know, if there's someone that's piping up and you're just like, oh, I'll him again, here we go. Um, that that wouldn't be the reaction that players will have to someone like Harry Kane doing it. You know, someone, if Alfie Whitman or whatever his name is piped up, you'd be like, fuck off, mate. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? What are imagine you if, doing in it? 
As third choice goalkeeper, he just starts being a leader in the dressing room. <laughs> just gets Mourinho, is there? Just grabbing, grabbing Lucas Moura by the throat. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> my best bet is Sacramento saying to Mourinho, um, I'm pretty sure I found out that Suzuki is a massive leader in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> and Mourinho's going, fuck. And I was like, yes, Musa. Fuck yeah. So yes. Look, and the thing is, this is another thing. Um, it is, it is again, like, this is what's so wonderful about this documentary is we get to see this. We get information, as fans, we get information that feeds into our understanding of the players that we see on the pitch. And Musa Soko has had his ups and downs. He's a rollercoaster career throughout his, throughout his premiership um, tenureship at, at Newcastle and now at Spurs. And he's, he's had massive ups and downs at Tottenham. But we know that the, the players love him. And he is influential. I, I'm, I still, I mean, it's not enough for him to to be guaranteed a first team place. But it's important that he, he is a, a massive cog in the popularity in, in in keeping players together. Yeah, and you have to, t- and that's the things. That, and I always say that about um, players like uh, Suzuko in particular, because it's ob- it's obvious how popular he is. And I've said that numerous times. It's obvious how popular he is within the dressing room, and it's obvious that there's something about him within a squad that adds something to that squad. In the same with, and I'm sure, you know, as much as I would hate it, I haven't seen it yet. And I, I don't anticipate it, but, you know, I'm sure there's something about Ben Davis that is positive, you know, which we'll, which we'll find. <laughs> uh, and Eric Dyer as well, you know, like, I felt so sorry. You know, you, it's hard not to feel sorry for Eric Dyer after the, <laughs> you know, where he's taken off after that Olympiacos game. And that's what was my point right at the beginning was uh, you forget that these guys are humans and, and, yeah. I don't buy, I will never buy in the fact of players not trying in a game. I can guess that, you know, I can accept that some are probably rubbish trainers, as we've seen with Deli Alley, but not in a game. These, these guys are professionals and you, you can't just play a game at 60, 70% when you're that level of your chosen profession, especially particularly in sports. I don't buy it. So it's just those type of things that you have to take on board. I and mean, it's why I get so annoyed about opinions on certain players that are so matter of fact when, again, like we don't know anything, apart from my opinion about Ben Davis, which I'm sure I will get proved right by episode eight. Rick, um, uh, Dele Alli got slaughtered by Mourinho as soon as he turned up. And we since found out that um, that Alex Ferguson recommended Mourinho to give him one bit of advice for his two years at Man United, saying, buy Dele Alli. Which yeah. is uh, directly at the time where Dele Alli was in, in his pomp. And Dele Alli fell off. And obviously Mourinho had... Had seen this, and when he turns up, and he immediately went to him, saying, "You're lazy. You're lazy. You're a fucking lazy trainer." Like he was very blunt, which you want your manager to be. You want him to tell truths. You don't want him to hold things back, and you don't want him to modicoddle your players. And 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 you could see Deli Ali's shock. And generally, where people, when someone of authority says something that is true to you, that probably deep down you know, or you perhaps don't know, but is true. You react by making light of it and joking. And when he first went up to Deli Ali, I think it was the first training center session, it seemed like that. And he tapped him and he went, you're a lazy bastard. You're a lazy, you're, you're, you're a lazy training. What, what, what me? And, and the reality is, if it is reality, that, that he is that way. And you saw the reaction in the first four games that Deli Ali played under Mourinho. It looked like the guy we had two years ago or three years ago, 2016, 2017, scoring braces against Chelsea, scoring home and away against Chelsea. And he got that player out of him again. And he had injuries and, and, and he hasn't performed greatly since. 
But if he can tap into Deli Ali's psyche and and get him playing like he did before, where he looked like an eighty million pound player, then that's an incredible thing. But he started by breaking him down by the looks of it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think as well. There was there was a key thing where uh, that when they were having their meeting and. I'm going to butcher uh, exactly what it was he said, but I think it was one of those things that kind of like when Delhi was sitting there, he he completely understood and he knew within himself. Um, it it was like you, you got footballers have a very short uh, career span, and you don't want to look back on your career and be um, a good player that had that you know had potential. You want to be like a great player that 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 played to their potential. And he was saying about Delhi how he has peaks and troughs at the moment, and he has no idea what that is. Maybe it's your life, that lifestyle, like that subtle thing. As to, so he kept playing back to those same things. As that um, he, if you kind of tap into your potential and you do everything possible you can in this short time period of your life, and know that you've given everything you've got, then you, then you'll reach the top. But at the moment. He's trying to discover what it is, why he has these ups and downs, and he's like probing with like lifestyle and maybe suggesting that he he should have a look at that first. But I think it was like really good, and, and he he said it a couple of times. Uh, You're a fucking lazy trainer, and um, and yeah, he exactly what you said. He laugh you you laugh it off when you're getting dug out, but you could see in his face that it's like it caught him yeah it's, it stung him and um and you know it, it depends it, it it depends what type of person you are and the mentality that you have and i think that's what he um he he's trying to get out of people so the mentality of when he was saying about um uh, ferguson told uh, told him to sign delhi um and he was saying about delhi's attitude and he was saying about De- delhi's aggression and stuff like that with those types of people if you um, if you diss them or criticise, they are normally the people with that attitude to roll up their sleeves and be like, "I'll fucking show you, mate. I'll show you the lazy trainer." And it that's what it does for me. Someone was to say that to me out on the team, I'd go in my shell. That's it. I'd zip my coat up over my head and hide in the corner. <laughs> um, that that's that's not that's not the way to get me going. Um, <laughs> The point. Yeah, but you're you're that's, not paid. You're not you're not paid at sixty grand a week though, Rick. Yeah, but yeah. The, 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 like people always say, oh, you're paid X amount of money. It doesn't matter how much money no. you're paid. It, it it doesn't like it's no. part of a motivation. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. I get it. But in order to get to the very highest level, which they are in, like 0.1 percent of any player who's ever made it professional, they're at the very, very top. And what they need to do is react well to whatever has been said to them. Yeah. If you can't do it, you fail. And the best players don't. The best players don't fail. They react and they perform. And uh, they are humans. And I get it. And, and if Deli Ali fails and doesn't kick on from here, I understand it as a human being. He couldn't deal with what is being told to him by someone who's won 25 trophies. So he, he, he's not capable of taking that on and turning it into a positive. And if he isn't, he's not going to make it to the top. Or maybe someone else can come in and go... It can tap into him on a personal level, but that doesn't seem to be the Mourinho's way of dealing with this. Is not that he is picking up on his faults, picking him apart, and saying you're doing this wrong, and 
you know, this might not have been said to you before. You can laugh at what I'm saying, but this is the reality. You don't train hard enough. If he doesn't then start training afterwards, that's his issue. Yeah, I agree. But also, I don't disagree with the first part of your point, but you're right on the second part. Like, because saying that, you know, if you don't react, but you have to react to what whoever, whatever your manager is is telling you. There's there's a question of communication and how it's and and how that message is is put across. Now Mourinho yeah. doesn't know him, so got to, you know you poke them in a couple of different positions and find out which one lights the fire. You know, and we'll find out now whether because because of the contrast between Pochettino and Mourinho is so vast, then you know we'll find out whether he, whether he's willing you know able to 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 light that fire and, and get himself going but then you would look at people like Salah and De Bruyne who have gone to the very very top of the game and and they haven't reacted to Mourinho but they've reacted to someone else so it's not always a question of if if you don't react to you know a, a one particular successful manager then then you're never going to be able to to, to no, make no. it to that top it's just a question of, of how I, it's got I about. Agree, Al. I agree I agree Alex but I, I'm, I, what I'm saying is that this is his way and if you react to him if you do what he's saying because of his history, because of his track watch, you can't doubt him at this stage. Certainly a player can't doubt him. You can't. So if either you're going to work, either you're going to react to how you treat how he treats you, or you're not. And and hopefully Deli Ali does. And what, what we saw is the very beginning of Mourinho's tenureship. We yeah. don't know what, he, what, what their relationship's like now. And he's probably, hopefully, training harder than he ever did. I think, I think, you know, this is beside the point, but I think what we've seen in pre-season, I, I, I've, I've got a very real uh, hope and expectation that he's this could this might be the best season he's had for us coming up. Mate, I'd love it. I'd love it because, like, on a personal perspective, I've kind of, I've written him off. I, I don't. Like, I, that. No, I know. But I, well, I mean, I understand it in the sense that the last two years he's been, apart from a few little spikes in in form, not anywhere near where he was the first two or three years and he joined the club and I don't I don't see why he should be guaranteed and a player of his quality as we've seen previously should be guaranteed a first team slot should be that number 10 spot without any shadow of a doubt well no one's but, no one's guaranteed I mean I, like I've said well, no, before, they shouldn't be guaranteed if their form is shit as Deli Ali's has been but it's also his age uh, yeah, but you, you don't. What you said is you don't understand why I feel this way about Deli Ali, and I'm just saying. I said you said you've written him off. That's what I don't understand. Okay, right. Well, I've. Yes, I have. I actually have. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's done. I really do. And and if I was to write my starting lineup <clears throat> right now, he wouldn't be in it, and I don't think he'd be in yours or Ricky's. I don't think he would. He mm-hmm. right. What like what if you had to name a front three? And obviously behind Harry Kane, in front of who would he would he start? What would be your front three? Bergwijn, Son, and Delhi. Wow, you'd have Bergwijn in there. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I'm not convinced. Let's not have this conversation again. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of? Um... Uh, to, 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 for what it's worth, I'd probably have the same as Alex. What That's is... why all of you will just be Europa League fans. <laughs> Say to you guys, what 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 type of manager would you excel under? You know, like with uh, Mourinho and how he kind of uh, targets people like Delhi, or uh, he's had uh, words about Aurier and and stuff like that. 
would you be those? Would you be the guys to bounce back and show grit and determination, or would you like an arm around your shoulder? Alex would. Oh. Alex would. Alex would love Warnock as the manager. Oh no 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 no. Yeah, he would. Just no. get in there, son. Get no, stuck you in there. Have, um, Put the reducer on him. I think <laughs> if, you're in, if you're in the squad, if you're playing every week, or you're in that, you know, fifteen, sixteen man squad with Mourinho, I think. I think, yeah, any, anything that he says, does, you know, you react to and, and you're like, that, that's what we need to do and that's what we go. I think if you're on the fringes, I think you'd you'd feel more positive about the fact that you would be able to make it into into Poch's plans. But I think, yeah, I mean, I would, if, if, if you're reacting to how Mourinho comes across now, yeah, that's, that's, that's a bit of me. Uh, that's... You know, I the best the best times I've ever played football have always been for managers that have that have just been like you wouldn't go for necessarily a pint with them afterwards, and that's and that's one of the notes that I made actually on here about about Pochettino. It was it, it like when the players were talking about him, it almost seemed as if it had just become too friendly, like it was too Uncle Poch type, you know. And and there's only so far you can go along that road without then not reacting to when they change up an approach or need to get a different message across. Mm. Um, uh, and I think maybe that's, that's, that might have been something that happened. But no, I think the way Mourinho was saying now, like you said about zipping your coat up, Rick, and hiding if he'd pulled that out in there, I'd have yeah. been fucking human. Uh, but it would, yeah, it definitely would have lit a fire. But I, I, I was going to say, I, I, I'm under the, uh, the school of... Uh... Harry Redknapp's style of uh, man management. Do you remember when uh, Juan de Ramos, when he got sacked and Redknapp came in, Ramos banned tomato sauce from the table yeah, yeah. and he had everyone eating like baby food and Redknapp came in and slammed the ketchup down and said, like, fry-ups are on me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be banging to that. Like, the yeah. to... He also, he's like shoved about 18 digestives down Tom Huddleston's throat. Yeah, that's it. That's it. With tomato sauce on them. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> someone opened the door. Someone let Tom out of his padded room. Tell him there's stuff here now. Let him out. <laughs> Um, all right, I, I, I want both your opinions on this before we go on to the questions from, from Twitter. Um, Rick, first, is this propaganda? Is this Tottenham Hotspur propaganda? What do you think? Um, I don't think it's propaganda. I mean, when anything... In a way, it's... Uh, I, uh, it's a difficult one to... It, it's difficult to answer because... If you're watching something so beautifully made about your club, you are going to feel great about it. Or you're even going to feel a little bit let down, but have an understanding of why that's happened. It's not. A, uh, so, yeah, I get I, I guess it is, uh, in essence, a bit of propaganda. It depends on the propaganda for me can only come from the top side of, of, of the club, from the business side, from the PR side. I don't think you're going to get propaganda like or you know, from how players talk and messages come across. Because we've seen players interviewed in hundreds of different settings and we know when they're being media savvy and when they're, when they're not. So the propaganda bit will come, like, right at the beginning when Levy's talking about, you know, I think people you know, feel like I'm hard-nosed, I don't care, you know, it's all about a pound note. You know, that, that's the type of stuff where you'll either believe him or you don't. You know, that's, he, could, he could sit there and... Do a, a the whole first hour could have been dedicated to him saying, "Oh, I did this, and this is why I wanted to do that because I thought it was best interest." And you're either going to believe him or you're not. So that's not really going to change anything. So I think um, 
it depends on how the rest of the series goes. It, it's so far, I feel like the bad stuff has been shown and how it's not worked, and and the, some of the good stuff's been shown as well. And you know, the bit that we'll hear from will be from will be from Levy. The questions that most people want to answer be it'd be interesting to tell you about the transfers, Gedson and Bergwijn and missing out on Dybala and all that stuff. It'd be interesting to see how much of that is in there. Um, that's where, if that's kind of glossed over and we like get to the end of the January transfer window and it's like presented as, oh, what a cracking window that was and, you know, everything we wanted to do, we got and, you know, there was no trouble at all, then, you know, there might be a bit of like, you know, what is this? But that's the only place that propaganda can come from. It'll be from Levy and the business side. I want to see cheeky bits of propaganda, you know, like in a fight club the last frame is of something from a porno in a family film. And <laughs> you, you, you question yourself, did I actually see that? I want to see like a, a quick image of the, the uh, Tottenham megastore. Or the uh, sky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just flashes. And you think, did I, <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I see that? And like just subtle words that just say megastore somewhere. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm questioning. But then like, think, Maybe I do need to buy something from the megastore. That's what this is all about. And th- th- aren't Tottenham doing some kind of like joint thing with Amazon? I-, I didn't really read into it much. Some retail thing that they're doing. So, but yeah. that's what this is. What it's all about. Yeah, that's it's like a landing me. page. It's like a landing page so that you can just sell your own stuff directly through Amazon rather than third-party people doing it and making money off your brand. It's not. I don't. It was seemed like it was a massive deal. Like we were breaking well, down a barrier. Can you, or something. It's, can you? Alex, explain just like what that is in on the top level. What, well, what it if, if you've got a product that is popular and can be bought and and is licensed out, like you know, like with football stuff, it's licensed out to people like Sports Direct, and you can buy football shirts at different places. So it's not always you that's collecting that money directly, and sometimes then that gets abused. So particularly with Amazon and, and for the particular brand of product that I work for, you know, we've had a lot of that where where people buy stuff from third parties and then the price is higher or you know and it makes it makes the brand look good not as good or it's unlicensed product uh, and if you work directly with amazon it means that when you say look so and so is selling this and they shouldn't be amazon can will actually take it down whereas if you don't work with them directly and have its own kind of landing page then they just kind of shrug their shoulders and like well we're making money from it so it doesn't matter so it's just a sensible thing to do really i'm surprised no other clubs have done it uh, so we've got some questions on the uh, Love the Shirt feed. You can follow us at, at Love the Shirt if you want to. Uh, Lashade says, uh, do you think the doc already highlights the potential lack of leaders in the dressing room? If so, does that make the signings of Hart and Hoybier more significant, significant than initially thought? Rick, what did you think of um, the, the dressing room? Alex has already alluded to it being quiet in victory and quiet in defeat. Did you see leaders there apart from Harry Kane? <laughs> Um, for me, it's it's a bit quick to draw conclusions, but we are three episodes in, um, and yeah, I, there, there was uh, there was a, like I know uh, there's Harry Kane, um, but like for so I never understood like like I know I, I know you're gonna say it like leaders don't have to be Roy Keane, they don't have to be shouty, they don't have to be arrogant, they don't have to be this that and the other. But Larice always struck me as like a, a quiet leader. Do you know what I mean? Like I know he's like this professional and he's a role model and stuff like that. But um, you know, so sometimes you do need to light a fire up under people's asses. And there was Kane in there, but apart from that, I didn't really see anyone else that was 
that was going around and geeing everybody up, you know, before the games and stuff like that. I think it was like more Mourinho that was walking around to players and uh, and kind of uh, shouting stuff. But um, yeah, yeah okay. I think I, I think I think he has identified that because you have got um, someone like Joe Hart coming in that that fits that uh, leadership bill, and you have got uh, Hoybier as well that um, he's uh, although we haven't seen it in the dock and stuff like that, but one of the things that we've uh, bought him for because of his leadership qualities, and he was captain at Southampton, um, and he's been vocal but measured as well. Um, so I think that is one of the things that's been identified. So yeah, that is, I, so so it's good. Absolutely, I can I can't agree more. Like the, what you said about the signings, it's a great question because that Hart and 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 Hoiberg is is exactly what what it looks like. Again, you can only go from what you're seeing. Um, what it looks like that dressing room needs. Like in the city one, you see people like Fabian Delph, Vincent Company, um, Carl Walker, even to an extent, who are very, very vocal. And and you you just, I mean, I know everyone's different and people like different things, you know, in different scenarios. But that's the type of environment that that you want, like busy and loud and and everyone on the on the same page. And I think the problem is, in our squad, there's kind of very few who are absolutely nailed on every week to start over the last 18 months or so you know like toby has even been in and out jan has been in and out you know hugo in that you got to remember hugo's not playing at this time when those first trips so it's gazan eager and goal because obviously he's injured after the brighton game so you know really kane kane is there every week sun's there every week delhi's there every week kane's probably the only vocal one but because he's captain i was expecting to hear a little bit more from um from uh Eric Dyer, but then I also thought yeah. you've not been playing and you're not starting every week. You don't, yeah. you don't have that that self assurance to be able to do that. I think if he's starting every week and the fact that you know he's gone centre back and said that this is where my position is now, he's been called into the England squad as a centre back. You know, maybe that'll give him that security. It's like, well, this is my that position of mine is fixed now, you know, and and then going on and make those types of types of things. So I think that's that's a that's a part of it. But yeah, absolutely, that dressing room is. Quiet. Too quiet. Too quiet. I thought Toby quiet. and Yan would have, uh, you know, they're, they're not leaders, are they? A pair of them are not leaders. I would have. I, I, I thought, I thought they would have been more outspoken, though. Yan mm. was when he started. He started the Wolves game, and you and you hear you see him a little bit. But like I said, again, he was in and out. I did expect a little bit more vocal vocal stuff from Toby. It'd be interesting to see what Hugo's like when he's you know yeah. playing. Yeah, and... yeah, because he's not even in the dressing room when he's injured. Is he? He's just he's just out because he's injured. He's like he doesn't I think have he's a role there. there. I think I've seen him. I think you see him in there quite a bit. But yeah, well, why are you fucking say anything then, Alex? Not saying anything to fucking mute. Well, this is, might be the point. But yeah, I mean, that's you know, it sounds like when you, when you don't see that type of stuff, and then you're talking about Joe before we've seen the you know these clips, and and you're, people are talking about Joe Hart. You know, well he's a leader, and people kind of it's almost like cliche or laughing at people that go, well, he's a winner and all that. You know, doesn't you know the fact that he might be even third choice goalkeeper doesn't matter. It obviously the the squad and the environment obviously needs it, or Mourinho at least feels that it needs those characters in there. You can't do all of it himself. You know, it's quite second- interesting, uh, Alex, the conversation between Eric Dyer and Mourinho because you you think of the players that he's called in there: Deli Ali, uh, Harry Kane, mm. which you can both understand, but Eric Dyer is. is it's almost like a weird one. It, it feels like the only reason he's been called in there because Jose Mourinho r- r- rates him highly, wanted to sign him at, 
at, uh, at Man United and brings him in to try and understand why he wasn't playing under Pochettino. And that that interview went from talking in English to talking in Portuguese. And you felt like you were on the brink of Eric Dyer opening up. Yeah. Um, only only to not really reveal everything that he was feeling. We did so it, 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 of the fact of, you know, he talked about Pochettino's like, the, you know, the, the gaffer always wanted you to, to be 100% recovered. You know, 80% isn't, isn't good enough. You know, it wasn't good enough for Pochettino. So recovery and returning from injuries always took longer. You know, and that's something that, that you know, we were, there's always been made numerous players that were like, oh, he's still out or he's not starting yet. Yeah, you know, and, and he, he talks about him like it be like once you got injured, being really difficult to get back into the first team. Yeah, so I mean, you got a little bit of it, but you're right. It was it was as if he was. Um, it did feel like there was there was probably more to say. And again, that's something you have to be aware of the fact that you know they know the cameras are in there. If you think that they haven't had a conversation before they go into that office saying that, just remember there's Amazon cameras in the corner. <laughs> you know, it's then you're daft. You know, so um, it's. I think I, he's probably met with all the players. I doubt. I very much doubt a new manager come in hasn't sat down one on one with pretty much everyone in the in the first. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I, like I said, it, the question of leaders is 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 evident. You know, whether people thought it was cliche to say that at the time, or it was a kind of gammony football thing to say, oh, we need winners, we need leaders. I think from what we've seen so far, I think it's absolutely obvious that we do. And then kind of not denouncing, but kind of downplaying how important that is within a dressing room of young adults is, is you, you can't deny that. Yeah. Uh, we've got a question from Earl of Enfield. He says, do you think Aurier not cleaning up after spilling stuff on Mourinho's shoes uh, was the final nail in his coffin at Spurs? <laughs> uh, Rick, Rick, how because there, there was a, a certain level of, of coverage on Aurier, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh, um, I, I know this, uh, this pod's been going uh, on for some time and uh, like, I, I could talk about this for another hour, genuinely. Well, do you need to go, Rick? No, like, no, you need to go. No, 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 I, I'll, I'm going to extend If you've got to go, you've got to go. No, I just want to talk to you guys about the um, the kind of narratives and agendas and stuff like that. No, maybe not agendas, but the kind of uh, the, the narratives within this and, and the storylines they're picking out because I, I picked up on... Uh, obviously, Aurier, um, and where Jose says to him about his defending a couple of times, um, and then obviously there's that bit where he does knock the drink over on. I don't know if it is Mourinho's trainers or if they were just bantering him. Um, he, I think there's a bit where he talks about uh, Aurier himself talks about confidence and playing, and it kind of builds up to like um, things aren't going his way and then I think he scores against Olympiakos and it's kind of like that release of doing something right and then being the hero and that yeah we were 2-0 down weren't we and he, he, he absolutely drilled it didn't he well, he gets the last he got unreal. the last goal of the game didn't he yeah he so did it, yeah it told that story but I think that's what you get in programs in programs, and you see it in the City one as well but there's many stories that take an episode to cover you yeah know, you, I we're going to have wasn't... that. I think what you found with Aurier as well, though, Rick, was he also talked about him, you know, when he's got on the way to go do the, the charity work. You know, he, they're also, talk, you know, he's talking about where he grew up, you know, a very rough area on the outskirts of Paris and yeah, where, where and his homeland not being particularly safe. You know, and we obviously saw that with what happened to, to his brother, you know, and that, and that was one of the other reasons why, why I put out there that, you know, you, for, you, you forget all those bits and pieces 
about the fact of where people have come from and their background and how they react to certain stuff. If you've been like, you know, into a middle class kind of mum and dad stayed together the whole time and your childhood was perfectly happy and you just naturally progressed through the, the, the teams and you got into the first team and everything's all kind of been sweetness and light, then you might react to someone like Mourinho differently to someone who's had a really tough childhood and had to, you know, pick themselves up numerous times and is, and is used to that little battle within themselves. You know, it's all fascinating stuff, you know, but you forget about footballers as humans, which we're getting to see, which is great. That's a really fair point. I completely forgot about that, uh, him talking about his life in Paris and stuff like that and his upbringing. Thanks. Must be tough. Um, <laughs> momentarily, he asks on uh, on Twitter, he says, which of the individuals at the club did you did your perceptions change uh, after watching the episodes? Did any of your players, did you... You know, change your perception of any of the players as you as you watch the game or uh, watch the uh, documentary, rather. Mm, not really. I think we've we've already seen a little snippet of the episode four or five or one of the upcoming episodes where um, Delhi and Eric have a little bit of back and forth within the in the change rooms. I think you know we might see some more reactions from there. I, I am I've gen I've been quite disappointed in the snippets that you've seen of of some of the lack of reaction to bad things that have happened to us and bad results. That that would piss me off within a dressing room where, of, of it kind of coming in, and everyone being just a bit all down and sulky rather than angry and pissed off. Which hopefully we'll see. You know, like I said, we've only seen little bits of it, but there hasn't been any players where I've gone like, "Oh, that's completely different to what I thought." I've, I'm just trying to think. Maybe the ones that we probably know the least of, who are so media savvy, like hearing Kane swear is. I mean, that's not. Yeah, it's weird, but it's not. You know, it's not out of the realms of thinking that of seeing it. Or imagining that's what it'd be like. I don't really think there's any other players that have come across of like, oh, that's different to how I thought they would be. You know, Jan is very considered. Eric Dyer is obviously a very intelligent, you know, quite a well-rounded person. Actually, maybe it surprised me at how Eric Dyer talked about, look, if you're not playing, that is all that's important. If I'm not playing, I'm not happy. And like after the Olympiascos game, I mean, getting subbed after 30 minutes is always, you know, it's never great. But, you know, the amount, the level of his crestfallenness surprised me a little bit because he, he kind of struck me as someone who's, you know, all about the team and then I'll deal with myself afterwards a little bit. Um, so maybe that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, the only player I've got an issue with now is, oh, do you think he'll drill us? Do you know what else I loved about that? He was like, I've never seen so much coverage. Twitter, Instagram, Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> Such an Essex boy. <laughs> I do love Harry Winks still, but just like, mate, appreciate. Uh, you know what? What am I talking about? I have no idea what it takes to be a footballer his level, but still. Woo! Anyway, um, and uh, I'll say what final question. Um, before we we talk about your expectations for the the rest of the series, boys, um, and the Totspur. Uh, he says, uh, were you surprised that given Spurs get a say on the final cut, the part where Jose is annoyed to learn Sissoko is a big part of the squad stayed in? Um, I don't think he was annoyed. He wasn't annoyed, was he? I don't think so. But this is this is what this is what's really like alarming is is, is that people when when they're they're watching this or they're watching a game, they make their own assumptions. Like me and you, Al, we've disagreed on so many things when what during the game. Like you'll be digging out Davies because you have your agenda and it's... But I only do that to annoy you now. 
you can you stop because it does annoy me it makes my day worse it may it genuinely when i'm watching football and you start banging on about davies it makes my day a little bit worse than it could have been well you do it about other players when it annoys me when he does it about lucas or musa oh god what musa sissoko i get well when he starts talking about Lucas Moura, before Jermaine Defoe, do you remember Defoe, Jermaine Defoe, how, mu- how much he moaned about Defoe, Jermaine Defoe? Look, what you've got to realise is your opinion affects people and maybe those people should be stronger. Maybe they shouldn't be like care about your opinion. But if they do, take some responsibility in knowing that you're making their day a little bit worse. And do you, do, you do of- that though, if we're being honest? If, if you've got something to say in that WhatsApp group during the game, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that you're thinking in that filter. Alex, I'll have you know that I started this podcast 10 years ago. <laughs> and I'll, I'll have you know that what I say is given. Okay. God-given. Right? <laughs> what you say isn't God-given. You should care about my feelings. Well, you let me know when you, you show me your coaching receipts, right? And then I'll tell you. Then I won't give you coach, player advice. All right? Alex, you, you showed us a video earlier of you in, in a park. <laughs> In a park, doing your training with some <laughs> stupid little parachute. All right. What was your point? I can't remember. People watching the documentary and making opinions. Doesn't matter. I, I, want, I, I want to know about what you think will happen in the, in the next six episodes. Because you imagine um, we're in a situation now where we've gone past the, the, the what do you call it, honeymoon period of Jose Mourinho. Right. We, 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 we know we're getting to the point where Harry Kane gets injured and Hunmin Song gets injured. And they're going to be out for a while, and we know our form drops off a cliff. Ricky, are you going to be like are, the, the moments where we lost in that series, or what, the, where they like showed the Chelsea game, showed the Man United game? I hated that bit. I didn't find it comfortable. I didn't really enjoy lo- watching it. Are you, you are you okay going into the next two or three episodes, knowing full well that people are going to start properly criticising us? And there'll be Spurs fans out there with a, an agenda against Mourinho, who. Um, who are going to uh, are going to latch on to the bad performances we had after our two main forwards were injured? Uh, what I will say is, I think uh, judging by how the team's playing and stuff like that, I think Tottenham will finish sixth. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, no, I, this is the part. Like, so the, the bit that I have to swap out. So the the sensitivities around. Uh, Potch being sacked and us not seeing the reactions and all that lot through respect and through whatever, that's fine. But then for me, the kind of uh, the trade-off is let's see how these guys react. Let's see how honest and raw it is. Let's see um, who is going to be swearing, who's going to be stamping their feet, who's going to be take, trying to take control of that dressing room that's just to rile people up. Are we just going to see it completely be flat no one take responsibility. Everyone just kind of sulk and stuff, and it'll just be Mourinho. It will really... It's kind of going to see where we've bought players for uh, next season and people's thinking about, you know, this leadership thing. Is it going to play into what we're about to watch? And is it going to be right, the right calls and stuff? So I, I am... I, it's going to be painful. It's going to be shit. But... Um, as far as, I, as far as I can remember, the bits that we are going to watch, we don't lose to Arsenal. So that's, yes. that's fine by me. We fucking the whole thing. Smash them honestly, up. Smash their the guts whole, in. 
mate, the whole thing, like I'm, I'm waiting to get to that, that game. Because yeah. they're going to make, they have to make a big point of that. Yeah. Like, so like when we were talking to the producers on the on the, the last episode of The Fighting Cock and we were talking to them and we, we, we mentioned that game, we talked about that game and that has to be a massive part of it because that was the very, it was that and the Leicester game, but especially the game against Arsenal where Arsenal were in their pomp. They came to us and you, you heard the sluggy little fans. You know what I'm talking about, the proper slugs yeah. out there. If you go to social media, you go on YouTube, you'll find the slugs out there. They, <laughs> those little slugs were talking about what they were going to do to Tottenham. They were going to come to our fucking home ground, our, come to White Hart Lane, even though there are no fans, and you still got your dick, still got our dicks put up your ass. <laughs> that, that's what happened, and that's what I'm, I, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see. I want a whole episode on it. Yeah, a whole episode. I'm I want, all right I want the whole like watching like. You know, the Chelsea and the United ones, you know, were were not great. But, I mean, it was about 10 seconds of actual footage that, that they that That's they what I love, Al. Yeah. Just, just and I think um, the fact that it's last season that it's done. And, and we knew, and last season was just about trying to make sure we, you know, ideally top four, but, you know, at least top six. And so that, that job has been done. So looking, for, like, watching the, the stuff, it'd be interesting to see what they do about things like the Bournemouth nil-nil, and you know that's <laughs> over that that's when i was like at my absolute this is not happening i, I can't same, believe same, same um so it'll be interesting to see how it goes from there but i'm with rick i, I want to see those react i want to see the reactions when he they're being asked to play a different type of football and it's not working and and you know things are against them and it seems like everything's like going against them i want to see who who slips into like oh god's sake or, or the ones that are like no come on this is what we need to do yeah, and I'm, that's what I'm, what I'm interested in, and I'm. All, I'd like to see a little bit more, uh, like the transfers as well. Is is something I, I I'd like. Not that it makes any difference to really what happens in the future, but I, I'd like to see more of that. I'd like. Do you to think see... they will? Do you think they'll show us that? I think they'll try. I think if you're Daniel Levy and you've got the reputation that you have, and you know that the almost the majority of almost ninety nine percent of the issues people have with Levy or Enoch out and everything else is about the business side of the game in terms of whether they tried to let us come on or go for cheaper options. I think he'd be silly to not try and influence that in a positive way in, in the way that if he had a chance to. So I'm expecting there to be something. It might be glossed over. And like I said, this is what we'll see about, you know, how much access is actually given. But um, I'd like to see more insight in that. Again, I don't think it would change anyone's mind, but there's an opportunity for them to at least plant that seed of even more I think we'll probably end up coming out of this with the kind of levy in and Enoch in or Enoch out even more polarised than perhaps it is now. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. Well, on that note, Alex, thank you, mate. And uh, thank you, Rick. Uh, no for, um, spilling your guts on the... Uh... I've loved it. I, I do know what. It's, isn't it exciting, the fact that we've got this in our, in our um, off-season... I mean, both of us, Flav, were like, not going to watch it. Why would anyone? I didn't want to watch it, Alex. Yeah. I didn't watch it. And look at me. I was up at one. I was up at that bus two this morning. <laughs> we're <laughs> pathetic. It's... Yeah, we are. We are. We are. But when, as soon as, what? Like, well, I mean, uh, uh, Ricky will know this, but we got early access to it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I won't up that time, mate. You might as well tell me what happens in episode six and six to nine. You Surely you've already well, seen it. I'll have to put... Uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll ask them if I can watch it, but at the moment I don't have it. But the um, 
<laughs> but uh, but the, the the you know what I'm saying is is this it it seems special. It seems like they're not going to go and do this down the road, are they? They're not going to go and do it at Arsenal. Like why would they? It's just a nothing stupid wanker. Oh, there's only so, I was thinking about that this morning. There's only so many things times you can do this with teams within the Premier League. There, there'll be a, you know it, it, there has to be a story about it. Ours was you know the new stadium and. Um, and off the back of a Champions League yeah. final, you know, there's got to be a story ab- about it. You can't but do Alex, this at five, six Premier League teams over the next ten, seven, eight years. Ten, ten years ago, who would have, who, who's more likely to be featured in in, an, in a massive Amazon show? It'd be Arsenal. Yeah. Day. Yeah. And isn't this like an, like a, a massive seismic shift into who is the biggest club in North London? Yeah, it really is. I think you just have as, to look at it as a whole as to whether you come out of it liking certain players or having a good feeling or a bad feeling. You know, this is an opportunity for fans of a, of a club that's had a really sharp rise in terms of not necessarily just popularity, probably popularity worldwide, but in terms of stature, like you say, over the last eight, nine, ten years. And we've, we're lucky enough to get to see more sides to something that we spend an ungodly amount of time caring about, talking about, and going to. And that, yeah. you just have to try and enjoy it for, for what it is. And I, I'm guilty of being like, oh, this is going to be shit. I hate all this bollocks, like cameras being let into change rooms, whatever. Me too, yeah. You know, and but you can't because the world changes and you're lucky enough to see these different sides of things to something that, particularly with us lot, you know, consumes a large amount of our lives, you know, so... It's, Rick, it's good on the whole. Yeah. Would you would you swap it for an FA Cup? <laughs> uh, what, this Amazon documentary? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would, yeah. All right, so we'll just leave it here then, boys. Um, we're um, we're, we're going to do another one after the, first, the next three um, episodes. Or maybe we'll, we'll review it after each episode, but we're, we're going to uh, follow up the rest of the season and, and see what happens. I've really enjoyed talking about this with you boys because I've watched it. I mean, me and Rick watched it early, oh. really early. <laughs> and... Uh, Alex had to stay up. He lost sleep. Alex lost sleep watching it, and and uh, the rest of the boys did too. But me and Rick watched it. Early. Um, you know what that makes you, doesn't it? That just makes you like you're you're you two are like our Arsenal fan TV. They would have got they would have got early access. Look, they definitely would have. One hundred percent, they would have done. So fair play, Alex. Good comeback. Uh, they uh, yeah, but we're we're gonna do it again. But honestly, thanks because uh, watching it on my own, like early access on my own, it's. Uh, <laughs> It was. Um, it's not as enjoyable as watching it with everybody else and then talking about it. Good. So this has been a really, really enjoyable experience, and seeing if your ideas about what or your feelings about watching this this show match up with what mine are, and they pretty much, pretty much have. But um, yeah, until uh, next week. Actually, next week the season begins for, yeah. for the Fighting Cock with a preview to to the new season. We've signed Orbier, we've signed Doherty, or Dochi, or uh, mate, who gives a shit. I'll say your name how I want to say it. And, um, <laughs> but I hope you're really good for us. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to be exciting. So next Monday, hopefully, we're going to be in London recording together for the first time. Yeah. First time first time in six months. We haven't been together for that long, boys. So hopefully next... uh, that is exciting. Extra intro doing like a pod after every episode, aren't they? So let's go after them. Let's make sure we've got better content than them. Fucking nerdy fuck. <laughs> I'm not. I, I mean, if we if we have to react to what the extra inch do, then we're no better than them. Like yeah, we, but... Let's let's do our thing and let 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 the plebe, plebeians do theirs. I don't even know what an extra inch is. 
I don't know what a plebeian is. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. Player. Fuck them and eat them. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network. Sports Social 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 Podcast Network.